Hello, this is Dirk Hooper. I wanted to note that this episode of SafeWord Podcast was recorded last year before COVID ruined everything. Mistress Eva and I took some time off while COVID and life was challenging, but this is one of three episodes we have already recorded last year. We're going to be releasing all of those in the next few weeks, and we're going to be back in the studio very soon with fresh new episodes. As always, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at info at safewordpodcast.com. Enjoy this new episode. Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Hooper, and I'm joined by the exceptionally busy Mistress Eva. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello, Dirk. <laughs> busy I, and just woken up. I say that because I check in with you every so often, and you always you don't say, "Oh, I'm just hanging out." I mean, you always say, "You know, I just got back from London, or I just got back from here or there," and you've got you know four or five new projects. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're building your house and you're, I mean, there's just yeah. so much that you're doing. Yeah, all I the don't time. know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like to just, um, have nothing and I don't feel like I've got a lot going on, but uh, I guess I'm very curious and I get, I get excited about things. And so I just double up on everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you know, the benefit of, I mean, you work for yourself. And so the, the benefit mm-hmm. is that you get to do what you love. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. When I want. That's the, <laughs> that's the best. Yes, you do too. I do. I've, mm-hmm. I've created, you know, I've created the, the world that I'm working in right now and it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very a privileged position to be able to do that, to actually sure. want to do everything that you're doing for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I do some stuff that's not my favorite thing, but, you know, by and large, you know, what I do is the stuff I love. And there's nothing, you know, obviously I'm going to do that the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which which actually goes into our topic, yes. love and BDSM. Oh man, <laughs> Did you do that on purpose. That is a that is a super <laughs> great uh, segue there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, today our our topic is love and BDSM, which is a great topic. Um, yeah, but before we get to that, though, let me let me ask you about your recent trip to the AVN uh-huh. show. Yeah, um, I'm still quite tired from it. <laughs> Actually, I think it was doubly tiring because it was a friend's wedding as well. Oh, wow. So I went to her combined bachelor bachelorette and the wedding it's on top of the Avian show and the Avian awards. Um, I actually didn't get to see as many people as I wanted to see. Maybe next year I'll host like a little get together or something so I can selfishly see everybody but um this time I just walked the floor and um kind of casually met up with a few people and of course hung out with uh, Iris um my closest friend the most but um how was it it was it was my first time it was really full-on there's just so many people stuff happening all the time and 
I am not so acquainted with the straight porn world. I only really know about femdom and BDSM. And so it was quite interesting for me to see how they operate and their dynamics. And um, I really enjoyed it. Everybody's very hardworking and very professional. Uh, I guess it's a very competitive segment. Um, But... uh, I guess the one thing that I found really funny that is like a personal realization, it was so strange to see women, I guess, in um in a role where men were looking at them mm. and interacting with them as if they were like on show, which which it, they were, you know, it was just like um that's that was the business and the point of the show. They were at booths, hosting booths, and they were taking photos with people. But I guess for me, I'm so used to men not being able to look in my direction. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> like keep your eyes down, sit in the corner, don't look at me. What are you doing? <laughs> that I was a bit thrown off at first, and I guess that goes to show how much I really live in my own world. Right. Um, yeah, it was quite funny. And even Iris said, I-, "I noticed you were a little bit uncomfortable." Oh. <laughs> at first <laughs> I was like yeah yeah I was I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah but um but if you know if you're interested in in seeing I, I guess from a professional perspective the inner workings of how hardworking this industry really is I think it's it's a very good place to maybe network but if you're even just interested as a you know a punter as a consumer it's it's probably quite exciting and fascinating to see all of these incredible looking people yeah. <laughs> in a space and willing to engage with yeah. you. In- intimidating. <laughs> mm, I guess it can be, yeah. 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 But um but no, it's it was a whole other level of uh existence. Sure. So I would highly recommend it. And I'll definitely go next year, but I'll probably be a bit more organized mm. about it so that I don't um just get lost in the mass and overwhelm myself. Do they have like um, seminars and stuff during that? Like things that'll teach you stuff. Mm, So I only got there a few days later, but I think they held a few seminars on the early days, especially on the industry days. And um, I know I met up with Ms. Kim and she did one with Violet Doll on, I think it was how to capitalize on your assets uh, for the online market. Um, Yeah. So they do all sorts of things. Um, It's not as like uh, in my, it it was much more business focused from what I was Mm -hmm. aware of. It's not like going to DomCon where they do like fire play and, you know, workshops or it's not that. Right, right. But it was very informative, I think. Yeah, I, I think that was the thing for me. Like um, BDSM and Femdom doesn't really have, it's not as big in, it, in industry sure. or segment, right? And so it's not as um, pop culture in a way and not as many people. And so there isn't that maybe space to be super professional about it. You don't have to push that hard and commercial in a way, because I guess things it's a smaller segment. But um it was interesting to observe actually how how much they pushed it and how much they invested mm-hmm. in getting these awards. And you know, we don't have that in in the kink world. We don't Mm, you, you know you have your award right. your photographer fetish photographer award and maybe in america maybe it's an american thing that I, i'm not aware of so much but um is there a system in america like this where you have awards just fetish con that i know see? of 
So the fetish awards. And I, mm-hmm. I seem to, th- as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, there's something that, I mean, it may be, I'm going to, I may say this wrong. I think it's called the UK fetish awards that literally just started like ah. maybe a, a month ago. Um, which I'm very interested in and want to follow along with. But I mean, so there would be, you know, something across the pond, as they say. Um, but, you know, by and large, no, they don't give away. And look, I mean, like in my case, I've won Best Fetish Photographer for three years. That is a huge thing for the industry, for me, because there's, no, I mean, I'm not going to win, you know, the Academy Award for photography and I'm probably not going mm-hmm. to be winning, you know, photography awards from, I don't know, national geographic or, you know, some of these other magazines, it, they're just not going to mm-hmm. award someone who does my style of work. And so, you know, if the, if mm-hmm. the industry doesn't do it, if the fetish or, you know, BDSM industry doesn't do it somewhere, then you get no recognition. And it makes a huge, huge difference mm-hmm. to a guy from more Oklahoma to be able to get an award like that and get elevated, you know, it, as much as it is, but to be able to, mm. you know, mm. maybe open some doors because I get, you know, I have an award where yeah. if no one was presenting that, mm. then, you know, what, what am I going to do or what are other people in this industry going to do? Yeah. I like how you put that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I wonder why I never really thought about life in terms of that system before. I guess I just it, live in a different framework. <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's another step to kind of legitimizing the whole mm. industry and hopefully yeah. bringing it to a wider audience. And, yeah. you know, ABN has obviously figured that out. Mm, yes. Yeah, they did. They do it very well. I was, I was, it, it was um, obviously, I'm sure there's issues in production everywhere. But I, I, as somebody who was quite an outsider in a way, it felt like um, quite a professional mm-hmm. endeavor. So oh, there's was, a lot of money nice. in that. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So now I just had a look at the UK Fetish Awards. And oh, yeah. I don't have so much on there. No, there's not much there. I mean, it literally just started. Um, so you just looked at it just then? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, I'm going to benefit off uh, the internet. Yeah. I'm going to maybe reach <laughs> out to them and see kind of what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it would be fun to go to these things, you know, and, and cover mm-hmm. it, you know, get some video yeah. and some photos and do some interviews and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of, kind of my next step in life. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think I maybe bring a little different perspective than a lot of the certainly the mainstream media that covers this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm much more sympathetic and I understand it better, frankly, than most of the other mm-hmm. people that would be covering it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people in the UK <clears throat> that create content that I know who are pretty good, but yeah, no, I mean, it's still very small in comparison. Well, the, I mean, <laughs> the magazines yeah. around, particularly uh, in England and, and uh, Germany are amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, they're just, yeah. incre- I mean, they inspired me, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago to, yeah. to get into yeah. this sort of stuff. So they, I mean, they're definitely people that are covering it from that angle, but, um, mm. and they're wonderful at it. Yeah. 
Thank you for bringing my attention to it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I love that yeah, stuff. I love more that stuff. after. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a date yet. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. They're putting. Oh, wait. No, they do. 9th of April. Oh, that's quick. That's very soon. Yeah. yeah I don't see any nominations yet. Huh. I don't mm. know who's putting it mm. on. I don't know who's running it or kind of what the, like I said, I haven't really reached out to them and found out what's yeah. going on. I, yeah. I know some of the sponsors, but I, yeah, we'll see. I'll look into it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they probably answer an email from you a lot quicker than me. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> they did. I think they did. I think they may have followed me either on Instagram mm-hmm. or or Twitter. So they are paying attention to me in some regard. Yeah, yeah. They found me first. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we were talking about setting up episode eight, you mentioned that eight was a lucky number. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's not such a huge thing for for me, but in uh, Chinese culture, especially, um, eight uh, signifies prosperity. I like that. <laughs> Everything is about prosperity. I'll take some of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the most favored number um, of the numbers that we are aware yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I love that sort of thing. Yeah, that's that's quite simple. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. I'm not sure why. Usually it's because um, of the way that things sound. They sound similar to words that sound like prosperity oh. or wealth, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, but I'm, I'm amazed. We're already at episode eight. This is great. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you speaking. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you recently launched an Avian Stars account under mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is it Please Me Live? Yeah, Please Me Live dot com. Um, yeah, so I guess Avian so Avian gave me a free pass because I am an Avian Star, which oh. means that I have I use their platform to publish content and um, you can find that all at pleasemelive.com. But basically I've decided to let people peek into my sessions and my play and my life a little bit more um, than they do on social media. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so also because that's the kind of stuff that would get me kicked off of social yes. media. So I put it all on um, my pleasemelive.com. And that kind of compliments youwillpleaseme.com because it's a little bit more, I guess, raw and just, you know, a simple look into my life as opposed to a BDSM training program that youwillpleaseme.com is. So it's a nice little accompaniment. I thought I would try it out. So far, so good. So what kind of things can people expect to see on there? On on my Avian Stars, on pleasemelive.com, they'll see... Um, little video snippets of my playtime with my slaves, uh, or photos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. And, um, also I'll probably do a live here and there of a session. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's just really, for me, it's really casual and easy because I mean, I play with people all the time and, but, uh, uh, and 
sometimes I record it, often I forget. But when I do, it's it's quite, I guess, interesting for people who don't get to play as mm-hmm. much as I do. For sure. So it's just, it's nice. And also, you know, I, I I don't post stuff on Twitter or on Instagram. Yeah, you can. <laughs> where there's naked. No, you can't. I guess naked pets, naked human pets roaming <laughs> around or, you know, none of my corporal punishment stuff, right. none of my, I guess what people would consider heavy mm-hmm. stuff. So it's quite funny, actually, when when you meet, when I meet people and I tell them what my interests are. And I'm actually very much into heavy bondage and medium to heavy corporal punishment, which I guess people consider quite visual and extreme. And people have no idea because I avoid posting that. Right. Everywhere. But um yeah, so all of that's going to go on um on uh, on Alien yeah. Stars on pleasemelive.com. And even yesterday I was just sitting sitting on the sofa with my um human kitten and you know, just twisting his nipples with my with my feet, which I do sometimes. <laughs> and I just took a video of that. Now I have yeah. somewhere to put it. <laughs> so just well, I mean, people like have that. to be fascinated yeah. by, you know, your style and what you do and getting a peek into some of your mm-hmm. sessions, especially live. That is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I have to see how my sub girl feels about it next week. Or oh, yeah, I'll be in Sydney with her and a, slave of mine and um we are all meeting up (laughs) but uh if she feels fine then maybe that that will be my first live i think very cool yeah 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 so go to (laughs) to go to please me live.com if you want to see that that's awesome Mm -hmm. good deal yeah 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 should be fun well are you going to open one too I, I have an AVN stars account um, and I'm sharing stuff on there, but it's not, I mean, all it is is basically my news and stuff that I'd share every place else at this time. It's not, it, there's nothing that's, and I'm not charging for anything. I mean, it's just, I have a footprint there. Let's say that. Um, yeah. Socially. Yeah. I mean, it's just another place for me to communicate with people, which is what I'm, you know, mostly interested in. Now with that said, um, I would love to be, producing enough content to put in something like that. It's just, I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. I mean, my, my background is in, you know, film, video and photography. And so I would really like to do some, some not clips so much as maybe like short films that were fetish Mm. or BDSM, like that have kind of a plot or, you know, have, have a little bit more to them than just kind of setting a camera in front of a model and having them do something. Um, I'd rather, you know, actually kind of tell a a bit of a story and, um, you know, play around with that sort of stuff. But, you know, so if I can put that together and make it happen, then I will definitely start putting that sort of content out there. Mm, Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. That those were, I hung out with the deeper.com people. I don't know if you know that site at AVN quite a lot. And, um, and they, they are all from the straight porn world and I don't think any of them are lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's quite an interesting medium. I've even considered auditioning or, or like, uh, how do you say casting or offering myself to the sure. casting yeah, director. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's it's like what you described. There is more of a plot and it's very well oh, yeah. shot. But um because they're from the 
the straight porn world, it is very sexualized sure. and I'm not used to that. But I think as, you know, as something that is on offer, it is quite nice and quite special. So I, I'd encourage you to check that oh, out yeah. if you wanted to have a look at um, better production value, but in a direction that we admire. Right. Yeah. And I'm certainly not above, mm-hmm. you know, working for someone. If I, if I met the right crowd, you know, that, that was producing stuff, um, you know, I'd be glad mm-hmm. to direct for someone or something like that. That's definitely a possibility also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're doing lots of things. I am. Uh, lately, I mm-hmm. started a new little project. And it's live video interviews for domlinks.com. And my yeah. first guest was someone named Mistress Eva. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so that was, that was great. It was, it was really great. Um, I, it was after. I got good feedback. Oh, good. Uh, like a lot of people really liked your questions. Uh, they were, they were, they were very good questions. Uh, you you had prepped them, um, uh, obviously, and it was just you covered a lot of ground, and I didn't even realize that answering them. But all the feedback I've gotten, awesome, very yeah. Positive. I I do a lot of, you know, a lot of research before I do an interview with someone. I can't just, I mean, some people are like, "Hey, can we do an interview in fifteen minutes?" And it's like, "No, no, no," you know, I don't. That's not the way I do interviews. I do it, you know, kind of in a classic journalism sense where I do my research, mm. I find out what's going on with that person. And, uh, I try to ask mm. open-ended questions, which are, you know, hopefully not necessarily provocative, but create an interesting, you know, uh, discussion and hopefully inform the mm. public about what's going on. Um, these are, yeah. I think that in a lot of cases, I mean, this is, it's called Dom Link, so it's it's female domination, and I think that in a lot of cases that that these doms don't get the sort of you know respectful, um, you know insightful questions from the mainstream media that I'm trying to bring to, to this project, and it's very important to me to mm-hmm. to paint you know, the, the, the people that, that I know and that have met and that I work with in a, you know, a much broader brushstroke than the kind of, you know, the way that, that these people are portrayed in the press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's Similar kind of to my... what I'm doing with my funny little teaking project. Yes. But, but more, uh, researched (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm quite selfish i just ask them all the questions that i want to know (laughs) no that's a listen that's a great way to do that that there's a guy named james altucher who has a uh, very famous podcast and he's said outright that the reason why he does podcasts is so that he can get you know get to talk to people he wants to talk to and Mm. ask them the all the questions that he has about them so it's a that's a super valid, you know, way of approaching yeah. it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my own, I've discovered about two or three years ago that 
I really deeply enjoyed doing interviews and I felt like it was a, a calling to me to do interviews. Mm. And, uh, I take it very seriously. And, you know, honestly, the Dom link thing will not be the end of what I'm doing because I have found that I mm-hmm. really enjoy these video interviews. So, uh, I'm going to be, you know, looking at maybe a few other areas, you know, to interview people and hopefully, Hello? you know, bring in a different perspective and, and hopefully something positive to the community. That's really important to me as in everything. Yes. I mean, Hopefully everything. Yeah. So anyway, if you're interested in that, the first episode is with Mistress Eva. So that if you dig her, then you should probably drop by there and check that out. (laughs) And uh, that's at domlinks.com. And uh, Mm -hmm. the the second one was Mistress Melisande, who is wonderful. And the third one is uh, Domina Daria from Dallas, who I've known for a long time. And I have some more lined up. So Great. I'm looking forward to that. I like the Domlink site in general. It's really nice to have somewhere to have, you know, my news kind of written up. <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for the plug. That's awesome. I wish more yeah. people were taking advantage. I have no idea why I don't get, you know, I, I should get hammered with people who are sending me news. Um, mm. You know, so please send me your news, news, events, travel. Um, mm. And I'd, I'll even publish articles if you have articles, as long as it's, it's a uh, lifestyle or professional female domination related, then by all means, send it to me. Uh, Dirk yeah, at domlinks.com. Yeah. Please send me your stuff. Let's get it up mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Shall we start um, our tweet? Can I read the tweet now? Please, please. Yeah. So today's episode is episode eight on love and BDSM. And the tweet that we had out is, um, does love and BDSM mix? What do you think? What is your experience? What is your advice to others? Please reply below and share this post so we can all learn together, mm. which is very sweet. And you had something to say. I did. You want do me you to read, read that? The- yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear you read it, and okay. also to hear you explain it. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I say I enjoy scenes. I I answered this uh, this tweet, and I said I enjoy scenes with people who interest me, but nothing, and I mean nothing, compares to being in a loving relationship with someone into BDSM. It has absolutely ruined anything else because all other relationships are lacking. Love and BDSM is truly a gift from heaven. <laughs> I want to know what it has ruined. Like, uh, what what is lacking? Well, what it has ruined is me being able to get into a vanilla relationship. So okay. I can I can no longer engage in just a you know a regular relationship with women because it lacks that BDSM component. Um, mm-hmm. I, what's I crave so it. important about the BDSM it's, component? It's a very exceptionally deep connection that okay. I have never been able to get, um, you know, from a vanilla relationship. I mean, not even close. Mm. Um, I like... Why do you think that? I, I think that, well, I mean, for one thing, I'm, obviously I'm into BDSM. So there yeah. is that very vital component in that, you know, a sexual component, but also I like the way at the beginning of a relationship that 
you exchange BDSM playlists and you negotiate through things and you set up expectations and parameters and you talk about things that you want. Um, these are things that usually don't happen in a vanilla relationship. Um, I've heard from people who have been together for years and they've never had a decent conversation about what they want in the bedroom or even outside of the bedroom. And Mm -hmm. that blows me away. I don't even understand that. Um, yeah. And in BDSM, it's the, can I read um, another tweet that takes that into consideration? So that, that, that made me think. And then I started grouping all the different tweets like I do. And, um, a Miss Jenna and her, uh, handle is Jay hates you always. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great name. But she says when it does, it's amazing. So when love and BDSM meet, it's amazing. It's difficult to find and takes more attention and communication than a vanilla relationship. So would you say that speaks yeah, to it's right on target? Mean? Absolutely. It does. It, it, it does mm. force you to put more into what's going on. You, you don't take as much for granted. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can neglect this sort of thing, but you know, if mm. you're really on top of it, absolutely. It, she used the word amazing too. I'd like to add. Uh, but yeah, it does take more attention and it does take more communication and, you know, not that you can't do that in a vanilla relationship, but let's just say that most people are probably Mm. not doing that. Mm. I guess like the, um, the level of detail that you need to address so that people are even just safe when it comes to BDSM already means that there is a different level of communication that is essential and, I guess that just goes to say how important communication sure. is in general <clears throat> to connect people. Um, so it's, it's, it like it forces it. it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I guess, like you said, it's not like it can't happen outside of this context, but maybe just the way that it's set up, the, the things that we play with and how they can be dangerous. It kind of forces you into making, making that connection happen. Also, well, if, priming you. For sure. Prim- priming is a great word. Mm. Um, I want you to imagine being in a vanilla relationship. You meet someone in a bar or something. And the first thing that you mm. do is you say to them, hey, what are all of your sexual interests? Rank them from mm. one to five. Which which of these things have you done? Which of these things yeah. do you not want to do? It would be <laughs> exceptionally unusual for you to go down that path. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is why it's so weird when people talk to me in bars (laughs) (laughs) because I don't, because like I was talking about earlier, I, I live in my little world, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't abide by social grace, vanilla social graces very easily. It's quite weird for me. (laughs) Right. Right. And so when I do talk to people who don't subscribe to, you know, power dynamics or negotiation, I find it really, actually, that speaks for itself. I find it really distant. I feel like, oh, we're just being polite. (laughs) And I'm not really connecting with you right now. But yeah. (laughs) So even in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, they're they're playing with fire when they're talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and sometimes I, I have my guard down and I ask the, these questions, which are so normal, you know, for, for me. It's like, oh, and then I did this and then it made me feel that. And what do you think? And then you see this look on strangers' faces and you're like, oh, that was not appropriate. Right. <laughs> it's just not done in polite society, which is a shame, really. But yeah, yeah, it cuts through a lot of stuff, I'll tell you. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a nice. Um, yeah, I get like uh, so so such a simple um, concept that it just communication, but how much it can do is is wonderful to realize. Right. You know, also kind of as a add on to that, um, trust is very important, and mm. you know you're trusting someone with your well being. You know, if you're submissive. Mm. Um, you're also mm-hmm. trusting people with your, you know, in some cases, deepest, darkest secrets. Um, yes. And that definitely opens your, you know, it opens you up in ways. Your vulnerability. Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're sharing something that you might not share with many other people mm-hmm. or if anyone. Yeah, we had. Yeah, we have quite a few on on trust. Can I read the ones on you trust? Read, yeah, great. <laughs> um, we have three that I'm going to read. So the first is from Domina Elara, and she says, "Yes, um, I have loved people before playing with them, and found my love deepening with them through BDSM. I suppose it was trust that built a deeper BDSM experience for us, and BDSM that built more trust." But I've had BDSM play platonically also sure. for sure. And the second one is at ML Slave. Uh, ML Slave Puppet says, I think it can and does mix together. Of course, this doesn't have to be the case. Personally, I get emotionally invested because of the trust and of how well mm. you get to know one another. And this automatically turns into a form of love, which can be romantic right. love also. And the third one is from Mikey, Mikey Little Pansy. Such good names (laughs) these people have. (laughs) And Mikey says, of course, I think the faith and trust that a long-term BDSM relationship requires is a very natural precursor to love, romantic or just a deep feeling of belonging to or with that person. Sweet. I think some of the things that they mentioned each of them mentioned is that, mm. you know, love doesn't have to be part of this for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not a necessary component, but if it's something that both of the the partners are open to, um, it can obviously, mm. it, it can be pretty strong. You know, it can, the, the, the play and the trust um, can, can open you up to a very strong connection. Romantic connection. Yes. But I like also how Mikey um, differentiates that it doesn't necessarily need to be romantic, but it can just right. be a feeling of belonging, which I think is very common. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I actually have a problem with it sometimes also. Of course. <laughs> Where when you, you're just you're playing in this context and all the things you said about um their vulnerability opening up maybe they don't normally do that there's mm-hmm. communication on a deep level and there's trust that forms because of that it just it just just this beautiful like foundation that just breeds care and 
this sense of belonging, if you're the kind of person to get attached, um, then I feel like I'm on the receiving end of a lot of people who feel like they belong to me. Of course. But I have never taken that ownership as well. I guess that's taking it maybe a step further. So it's like, if there's, it's just, it's almost, sometimes I ask, I just asked Iris the other day, it was like, why do people get so obsessed? Mm. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, and, and I guess talking right now and reading these tweets, it's just like, it's almost a natural thing that is bound to happen. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, you know, you when when you're submissive, um, there is. Yeah, it makes it so much easier to fall into love with someone. Um, mm. And it's yeah, maybe you mentioned vulnerability earlier. I think that's a very big part yeah. of it. Mm. Um, you know, some people may may not have have those elements in their regular relationship or any relationship, you know? Mm, Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're a submissive guy, you probably would like to have a relationship, you know, with someone who's dominant, Mm. but you also have to, Mm, to feel cared. You have to to care for, it has to be reciprocal. You know, you can't, you can't shoehorn people into that. If that's on the plate, you know, if that's part of the whatever, you know, then that's great. But you also can't expect that. You have to kind of know what your, again, your parameters are in your relationship. And there's nothing wrong with, with yeah. that, what Mikey talks about, which is that deep feeling of belonging, which is very yes. much a, a part of, you know, being a submissive and, you know, a certain form of love, but not a romantic form of love, which is kind of a, you know, it's a different thing, but there's nothing wrong with just that belonging and feeling that deeply. Um, you know, that's, that's valid and wonderful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I actually, uh, personally prefer it. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, I've never been one to ride the wave of romantic love. (laughs) but I love the sense of uh, vulnerability, uh, like the shared vulnerability and um, that sense of belonging uh, very much. I find that very comforting. Uh, Yeah. 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 So, and I think as, as a top, you feel that also, although I imagine it's a bit different, but I, I do, I, I guess ownership. I feel ownership. Sure. Over somebody. Yeah. So I guess that's, that sounds obvious, but if I'm going into the emotion of it, you, I feel responsible. Yes. You know? And, yeah. and like a, you know, a, up for me, like a, you know, a deep caring and a feeling mm. of response, you know, whether it's romantic or not, I still feel even with the people who I've, you know, only played a couple of scenes with, you know, yeah. that feeling of responsibility and care and yeah. um you know it when someone's submitting to you yeah. it can i don't want to say it goes to your head but there's a you know there's a bit of like a what they call dom space you know kind of an elation mm-hmm. that this person is kind of being vulnerable to you and uh you yeah. know i i might walk 
an extra couple of inches taller, you know, that after a, <laughs> after a good session, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. And do I walk as tall as I do because I just live it? <laughs> yes, I mean, I'd say so, probably. That makes sense. I sometimes wonder, why do I feel so confident, which sounds so cocky? I, I think of this of myself often, actually. It's like, why are you so cocky? Right. <laughs> why are you so arrogant, you know, about myself? And it's like, I guess it's hard to not feel that confidence when it's just surrounding you all the time. Yeah. yeah and I mean, but, <laughs> look, I think that that's a really good lesson to people who maybe don't have a lot of self-confidence. If you wanted to yeah. maybe challenge that a little bit, see see yeah. what you think about being the dominant partner. Yeah, that's that's a very sweet that's a very sweet uh, experiment to suggest. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to talk about something very personal. Right. Great uh, to 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 nod to your experiment. But whenever I'm in New York, I always um, do a session with uh, a lady called Yin Q. Um, And uh, they they mostly do BDSM, how do you say, like guided sessions as opposed to uh, sexualized sessions. And I always bottom. I always uh, ask whether I can be tied. And the last time I was there, I was suspended for the first time. And it was, um, I can't say that I get into a sub role very easily or at all, actually. I, I don't think I know how to embody that without feeling mm-hmm. very awkward. Right. <laughs> but the, to relax into, you know, that surrender. And there was obviously a lot of pain and a lot mm-hmm. of discomfort and to kind of relax into it and see what can come out of it was quite, um, it was a very calming experience for me that I don't, I don't ever experience. And so I would highly recommend stepping into different roles whenever you can, even if you don't feel that you identify with it personally, because every, every way of looking at things can really bring you know, a new facet to your understanding. And I, I think it's, it's, it's valuable, like in an intellectual way, but it's also, I think it still stays with me emotionally. And I, I, I really, really love that. And that's actually a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you, because you seem to be able to embody it quite effortlessly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this person requires this and this person inspires that and I'm going to go with that. And that's very nice quality to you. And um, I really appreciate your perspective. Well, thank you for that. But also thank you for your story. That's awesome that that you shared that. I think that that's going Mm -hmm. to be informative to a lot of people. Um, I I think that's fascinating that you did a, uh, like a suspension, which I know is pretty, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty difficult. It was intense, but I was—I like, used to dance when I was younger, so I'm used to intense. Do you think it made you like <laughs> yeah. meditative, kind of make you real focused oh, on yes. yourself? So quickly. I mean, I also meditated very like 
heavily for many years. But um, it's it was like an instant way wow, to go, yeah, to, go wow. to that headspace. <laughs> yeah, it's like pay attention. <laughs> you're 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 either going to flail about and look really stupid right now, or right. you're going to figure this right. out. <laughs> yeah, and so it was it was really special, and I want to do cool. it again and again. I'm so glad you shared that because I think that people need to hear that. That you know, it's okay to. To, to experiment a little bit. It's all right. It's very valuable with the right person. Like I would not do this with just anybody. I respect Yin like right. so much, you know, uh, they've done so much for the community. I put, I put them on a pedestal. And so it, that's why I guess it's easier yeah. for me to go there with, with them in particular, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it with just any old rigor. You know, there's a lot of oh, men sure. who come oh come through Bali, especially <laughs> advertising on FetLife that they're here oh, and they yes. want to tie up some bunnies and you're looking at their work and you're like, all right, the work looks nice, but I don't know. Yeah, you just don't <laughs> want to go with just anyone, but the, you know, the Shibara community is no. yeah. super fascinating. I mean, I've been peripherally involved with that, um, you know, through, through doing photography mm. and, uh, you know, some of the people are really, really amazing in their work. Um, mm. and it's, it's yeah. fascinating to watch. They have, you know, rituals and, yeah. uh, you know, there's an artistry to it. And obviously there's a lot of safety concerns that go into yeah. doing it right. So much care. Yeah. Which yes. is beautiful in itself to have that much attention paid to you. I remember the first time that I met with you and I, I cried, you know, I just had, because whenever subs look at you, they, they want something, you know, they, they want to get something from this experience. It's very needy in a way, sure. at least <laughs> in my experience. Sure. And it's, it's not this like, just leaving you be and what, like, I'm going to care for your next step. There's, there's something about the charge behind it. Sometimes with women subs, you can get that space, but I find with a lot of male subs, it's more, there's always a personal investment Mm. to it, which is fine, but that's what I'm used to. And so the first time I stepped into that space with Yin, there wasn't that at all. And it was even to, you know, it was flipped. It was this like, <laughs> what is it that, that where you're looking for next? And it, I was just, wow, I haven't had this feeling. Mm. Even growing up, you know, with, with, my, with my family who are incredible and they're very um, attentive to my needs. They also, I, maybe this is an Asian thing, they also have expectations of me. Mm. And so it was probably the first time that I've stepped into a space where there wasn't any expectation and it was just like care and openness for what could happen next. Nice. And it was just like, wow. And I, I just cried because I felt it instantaneously. Mm. You know? And it was amazing. And yeah. again, I don't think I could have done that with just anybody. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so no. It was beautiful. And I don't think I'm on my journey to becoming um, a submissive or identify as a submissive, but it's just very special to be able to experience that space and, and that facet of human humanity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I didn't think that it was a story. But. No, well, I mean, what a, <laughs> it's a great experience. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad it came across as cohesive as it did to make it a story. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This is just a bunch of thoughts for me. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you expressed a lot of things that submissives feel, though. You know, you mm, said that that's nice. You said that it, you know, that it made you kind of emotional, that you cried and stuff. I mean, mm. man, I've felt, I've definitely felt very strong. Holy cats, yeah. strong emotions yeah. and weird, like out of nowhere when I was yeah. deeply yeah. in, you know, a, a relationship as a submissive. In a safe space. Yes. Yeah, it makes you. Yeah, I've had so many people cry, yeah. but I've never been the one to cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so special. It is. It? Uh, I, yeah, it is. Yeah, and I feel like it's also helped me outside of you know classic BDSM session exchanges. Right. Also, just to feel more vulnerable and to welcome people's vulnerability as well. It's taught me that. I think. Well, and and yeah. also, you know, suspension is the sort of thing that not a lot of people experience. I mean, you've kind of once again found something that's kind of, mm. you know, unique and a, a a very special, you know, sort of experience that, you know, a lot of people mm. don't have the not everyone goes through it and even people who want to do it can't really do it, you know. Yeah, that's funny to realize. Yeah, Yin and I are both dancers, so I guess we don't talk mm. about it that much. <laughs> yeah, I did an inverted suspension wow. also. She did mention that, that that's not a normal right. thing for the first time. Yeah, but um, it didn't feel weird. It just felt you know, challenging right. in, a, in, a, in a way that I guess isn't that strange for me. <laughs> but it was, very, it was really lovely because I guess I don't get put in that space that much. That's really cool. Yeah, so many many things that still stay. And also, I had bruises. <laughs> <laughs> I guess from sure. the pressure, uh, the intense pressure yeah. of the rope. Yeah, and that was quite a sweet experience too. Just to, you know, because I always talk about that whenever I'm bruising right? people and about how it, it will carry with them, and it's a yes. reminder. And now I had to walk when I preach, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. God, Damn it! I'm wearing a cat suit and it's open <laughs> there, and oh, it's okay. It's like a, a badge sure. of honor. <laughs> Absolutely, it's yeah. very much part of yeah. it. So, yeah, very cute. Shall I continue reading yes, some please. of our tweets? What's, what's next? Yep. So, um, this one's very succinct, but I thought that we should definitely include it because it is that smart. It's from a very smart Mistress Tissa, who I adore, and I always think I mention that, so maybe it's a bit much, <laughs> but I'm going to say it again. So Mistress Tissa, she says, BDSM is a form of sexuality. One way we express love is through our sexuality. Therefore, we can express love mm. through BDSM. I love how matter yeah. of fact <laughs> that was. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I don't even know if I need to elaborate on that. I mean, you can say something if, if you wish, but I just thought it was just, you know, so simple and it doesn't need to be more than that. No, I think that's awesome. And it, it also brings up something that we have talked about before, which is BDSM as a form mm -hmm. of sexuality, um, which, I, you know, I, mm. I'm fully behind that. I mean, you can kind of make your own determination on that if you think that's true or not. But okay. um yeah, I mean, I don't think that this is 
you know, I don't feel like this is a choice for me. I feel like this is the way I am. And, um, Mm. you know, again, if that's not a part of my life in one, one regard or another, I don't feel like the connection, I I don't feel fulfilled. So, uh, you know, I really, you know, I buy into BDSM as a form of sexuality. Mm. Yeah. And I, I go, um, even, heavier on the identity side I definitely feel like power dynamics is such a huge component to yes my sexuality but also my personality you know I just get even just a personal thrill from it not even necessarily a sexual thrill and so it's really impossible to untangle it (laughs) when it comes to that point I I think totally yeah Mm. but yeah sure shall I continue yeah yeah um let's see uh this is also a simple statement but i really liked it uh goddess kihima incorporated collector of pavics again <laughs> where do these people come up with these incredible names so good. goddess kihima says yes i love my boys when a sub brings value to your life as you do theirs it's hard or crazy not to love them i adore the relationship i have with my boys and yeah, and it, it's, it can also be as simple as that, right? It's just how people are caring for you and how you're caring for them. It's just, that's just a nice human interaction that inspires care and love. So it doesn't have to be more than that, even though we have gone into the <laughs> intricacies of it. <laughs> um, and um I think this is my oh no no I still have quite a few more favorites but the next the next few are about how love influences the enjoyment of pleasure and pain mm. yes, oh yes. <laughs> so there are three tweets mm. the first is from at goddess emily emily says yes the stronger the love the more enjoyable the mm. pain uh, the second is from anton fr1 Yes, for loving makes the pleasure and the pain even more intense and delicious. Mm. <laughs> and the third is from at R&R Sally, who says, it may be difficult to build a romantic relationship, but I don't think the possibility is zero. If you don't have compassion for your partner, your BDSM relationship will not be established. I think BDSM without love is just like mm. violence. I really yeah, like that, that part. I think BDSM without love is just like yes. so what does that inspire in you <laughs> yeah i think that's i think that's pretty profound absolutely um i can tell you that when i'm with someone as a submissive when i'm with someone that i am in love with i can take more and i want to take more um mm-hmm. there is so is it like there's this motivation that's just more powerful yes. i mean it's, it it goes you know mm-hmm. i want to make them happy and i also okay. feel more connected to them you know like maybe i'm willing mm-hmm. to take more because i know that this person you know cares about me and i, I feel safe and uh yeah, there's definitely a, I can definitely take more, like, like for example, if I was going to play with someone for the first time, you know, in a, you know, someone who I, I didn't really know all that well, I would be very reserved where maybe, oh. 
with someone that I was more comfortable with, or even further, I was in love with them. Um, I would be more open to them. If that, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I think everybody has a different experience um, of that as well. I guess what you're saying is mm, that also, yeah, that you just feel more comfortable. Even if it's not, to be able to, even if it's not that romantic love, if it's more like, you know, what we were talking about earlier about being owned, you know, that, that sort of, that sort of level just allows you to maybe go a little bit further. I, I mean, for me, for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I witness and also, I guess, sort of experience it a bit now, but um, it was, it's it's like there's this focus, like f- from my perspective, that you you start to when you're invested in somebody, there's a focus and there's a level of respect, and your kind your attention is kind of put onto that, and that kind of detracts away from maybe you know limits that oh, you thought good, you yeah. had because you're kind yes. of focused on something True. else also. Your mind is there, and it's not like, oh, I'm in pain, me, yes. me, me. <laughs> my pain, my whatever. But it's like, okay, we're doing this, and you're there, and you're do- you're feeling that, and you're there's mm-hmm. more empathy maybe when there's more of an investment um, going that that way, and so the ability to break down mm-hmm. barriers is probably well, I think a little said, bit easier. Yeah, I think it's you said something really important it. there, which is not being so damn selfish. You know, as a, as a submissive person, mm. if if you are focused on that other person, if it takes you outside of yourself, yeah, you're damn right. You can take more, you can take more pain. It's very, very mm. uh, wise of you to say that. Yeah. It's a good way of putting it. Mm, thank you. It's just yeah. an observation. No, you're right on target. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only with pain, I think, but you can start to push much deeper into sure. your own psychology and your relationship that person I guess it just speaks to um the more and it's not like you have to have that off the bat you know like you were saying it's it's like you have to learn to trust that right. if that person yeah, yeah. is worth it also which I think is very important you shouldn't just blindly definitely step not. into yeah anything. definitely not yeah it's just it's it, stupid and dangerous it doesn't matter like reputation or whatever I think it's good to always sure. have a gauge of your, on yourself because also the relationship and, and you're right it's not just pain it yeah. could be humiliation or degradation or you know that sort of thing you can mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you can definitely go to another level with someone that you connect with yeah yeah mm-hmm yeah, that you finally trust. I guess a lot True. of people have problems trusting. And for, you know, maybe for good reason. <laughs> you know, if you've done it for a while, yeah. you maybe yeah. a lot of people that you've been with have broken your trust or whatever. It, it can be tough out there. Yeah. Even I, I play it very safe these days. You know, it's just taking, really taking my time. To yes. see if people are worth my I think it's important not. to go slow because th- th- listen yeah. the emotions are really high in in this in BDSM and it, you yeah. can't yeah. you can't you know take that you have to take that in, into regard when you're kind of playing with this sort of stuff and yeah taking it slow and figuring out yeah. kind of what's going on with this person and whether this is a momentary thing or whether this is, you know, real, if it's real, if, if it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Also, if they can handle it. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is my is is what has to be my responsibility. Also. Sure. Yeah, and I find that one quite difficult sometimes. Also, because I play with people in different languages, different cultures, and there isn't like a standard. <laughs> You know, uh, it's it's I I can be a lot more harsh um, in Asia really? <laughs> than I can in Western countries. Interesting, yeah, which is actually my norm. I, I think I I am generally very straightforward, and I, I I say I speak my mind, especially to people serving me very uh, effortlessly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I find that it can be really shocking. For people outside of Asia, because I guess social graces are a bit different. You know, it's like how in Asia, if if you put on weight, it's not a big deal. You you say, "Oh, you're fat now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, how come you're fat now? You know, or it's like you talk about the 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 things that are taboo are very different, mm. and so there, there's almost like more things that are on the table and the things that are taboo are more, um, they're not so much voice-based, but they are more action-based. And mm. so I, even though I speak English very well and I, I do have a Western half background, I think because I grew up mostly in Asia, I have that automatic uh, vocal um openness yeah. <laughs> uh, i exclude japan from this because obviously they are very polite oh, right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but the rest you know <laughs> are a little bit more loose with their tongue and i i find that that is a difficulty for me i've had problems with that mm. for sure where i go too far and what um. i say uh yeah to in english um but the problem is i really enjoy <laughs> I really enjoy degradation and talking in that way. And so I have to keep myself in check too, I guess. I imagine, so, yeah. I imagine your slaves <laughs> enjoy that too, though. Oh, yeah. You have to, uh, if you're going to yeah. stick with me, you have to have um, a, thick, a thick skin or a very good sense yes. of self. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You have to be uh, very confident in who you are, I think, and be, have an ability to change if I point something out. That's what all of mine have. They they change mm. very quickly, um, uh, and they're they're very confident also. So <laughs> it's the only way to survive <laughs> me, I think. Which is <laughs> 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 oh, fair. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I, I yeah. I, I don't operate very well with people with a low low sense of self worth. I'm not very good at being the nurturing type right. of that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's other people for this, I guess. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> different of ways course. of loving. Different ways of loving. Of course. Yes, Yeah, yeah. Did anything um, come out to me to you out of all of these tweets that we had on you've, love and beauty? You've covered uh, several of them that I that I uh, you know that I highlighted on this thing. Um, I, I wanted yeah. to kind of, let's see. Uh, yeah. Here's, here's one that is kind of a, a little bit more negative take o- on the subject from okay. nethermost man at nethermost man who okay. says, of course, but not paid BDSM yep. and love 
maybe once in a while mm-hmm. by pure chance. FetLife has millions of people in loving long-term BDSM relationships, and there's always lots of loving couples at events. ProDom Twitter is not the place you should be looking for love, though. Yeah. Well, it all depends on your definition of it, right? And I guess nethermost man. <laughs> Nether means below, right? Like the yes. lowest? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also an interesting name. But um, yeah. So if I named myself nethermost man, what would I think love is? To be really mm. below somebody. Can you talk to that at all? What would what would maybe be an an expectation of love if you put yourself so far below somebody? Is it like maybe that you really want them to take the lead all the time? Or right, it would be like I mean maybe you know okay. I think of like worship, you know, like kind of so goddess worship type of thing. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, which is, again, that's not romantic love. That's not romantic. Um, That's more like Mm -hmm. what we were talking about earlier, where you feel like you're owned. It's that sort of love. Um, But I I think that I think that you always get in trouble when you try to define what works for everyone. (laughs) And for some people, the financial component could absolutely lead to love mm. and maybe a very valid form of interaction. So maybe it's both people. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but maybe it's not love. nethermost man's relationship to and love, but his relationship to money. No, no. That's the problem here. Hmm. And well, I mean, and there you go. I, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I remember mm-hmm. in one of your T-Geek episodes when you were talking to Mistress Asada, she spoke very eloquently about the the uh, the component of money in her slaves' lives, and how. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I'm not going to say it as good as she said it, but it, it's a matter of you know, like money is kind of the ultimate control thing, mm. and if you give up that control to someone that you love or that you're submissive to, mm-hmm. then you are giving up, you know, the ultimate control. And yes. in her yeah. world, that was something that she demanded yeah. and something that she required from people who were serving her. And she saw it as a, as a responsibility where she yeah. was going to do good things with their money. And I, refuse to believe that the people who are serving her are not in love with her. So um, again, I think that you get into when you kind of say absolutes about stuff. Yeah, I think it's also um, maybe limited, comparatively limited experience. You know, uh, obviously nethermost man's experience is valid. That's probably mm-hmm. how he's experienced it, unfortunately, but um, the world is bigger sure. and, I guess also right. as a pro-dom or as somebody like Azada, who has just thousands of people who want to serve her, you get to experience a lot of interactions. And her conclusion from that is what she has come to. And that 
I, for my understanding, it's that, and I believe this yeah. too, that money is an incredible enabler. Anybody who says that money doesn't buy happiness has not never had money, <laughs> in my opinion, because money can buy safety, <laughs> comfort, like right. and new experience and all those yes. health, and it can bring health. happiness as a result. It may be not directly, but it can like give you the parameters for that. So if you take money away from somebody, they don't have the opportunity to do that for themselves. So now that's on you. I think it's what she's saying. You know, it's, mm. it's like mm-hmm. they have no more ways to yes. achieve that for themselves. So they've given you that, that honor, that responsibility. Yeah. I think it's what she was trying to say, yeah. but um, yeah. You, you know, Speaking positively about what nethermost man says, I tell a lot of people that are, you know, that engage in, um, you know, financial domination or some of this other stuff that, you know, they really want a romantic relationship. You know, I say go to yeah. a local dungeon and meet some some people that you can touch, you know, that yeah. you can talk to face to face. And, uh, you know, the, that relationship is available to you, you know, yeah. you know, right there and, or on life or, or whatever. I mean, you definitely can find that sort of thing, but I wouldn't assume automatically that, you know, let's yeah. just say that I know a lot of professional doms and they are in serious, romantic, long-term relationships and, you know, that relationship could have very easily have started with mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. monetary And component. in fact, mine increase <laughs> when they get more personal in terms of monetary components. I don't take away everything. I find that it's way too uh, labor intensive for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do demand a lot more. Like I, I demand you know, property, I demand bank accounts, I demand, you know, a lot more than if you just see me randomly. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really dependent on the way right. that people interact. It's not, again, it's the absolute, that's the problem here. But also to give something positive to another most man's thing, I think pro, he says that Prodom Twitter is not the place you should be looking for love, though. I think there is an element of truth to that if you define love in like a very sure. personal touching person sense um i think it can give people an element of care who are maybe it's too confronting to meet somebody in real life but but also you, you come a, a lot of people coming to you and asking you know for freebies when clearly that's your job i think maybe it, it, if, if he means that that is a truth also it's like, I don't really want to, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. how many messages that I get and used to get that I I don't have money, but I'm young and good looking. <laughs> so I think you would really enjoy playing with me. <laughs> so if he talks, oh, yes. if he means something like that, then I can understand that. Yeah, maybe that's not the right attitude to have going to somebody who obviously does this as a profession. You know, you're 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 like going to a doctor sure. and saying, you know, I'm young and good looking, and so maybe you would want to give me the medication and that surgery <laughs> for free. 
<laughs> because it's probably enjoyable for you. It's like, uh, there's satisfaction, right. but it also comes with skill that needs money. So, <laughs> yes. So, so, yeah. So, I guess it depends. We, we need to talk to the nethermost man in more detail. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that. Was there anything else, or shall I keep on my? Oh, I, oh, I, I had another one from uh, Athena oh, yes, Fatal, which is at Athena Fatal. Yeah. She says, as a professional dominatrix, it can be hard to find someone who is kinky and wants to date you because they want <laughs> to date you and not because of what you do. But I finally found that someone, which is, yeah. you know, congratulations. Musicians have the same problem, Athena. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to have that problem. <laughs> Thankfully, I got over it. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard, isn't it? It's um, people idealize. I was just writing. So, I mean, you know this, but other people don't know yet. I'm just starting to write a column for Slut Ever. And my first um, piece is on... Um, the seven stages of dinner uh, as a sex worker. And one of the stages is that, you know, somebody finds out you're a professional dominatrix and they're a closeted submissive. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you are there to fulfill every desire of theirs. You know, Uh it's, it's, it's just these people who are so selfish and like just egocentric (laughs) mindsets and, They just believe that the world is there from their eyes and they don't understand necessarily that you are a whole human. I think we've talked about this before, but this is remarkably common and it's really upsetting. But I guess it just goes to show how selfish a lot of people can be. Hmm. Why did you like it? Oh, I I just think it's, first off, that it's interesting that, or that she she mentions that she doesn't want to be this you know she doesn't just want to be a dominatrix <laughs> she in a in a relationship that's an aspect of what it is but she wants to be seen as a person and as a woman you know and uh not just as someone who like you say is like this list of things that they want fulfilled mm-hmm. yeah and I think that it's really important that people realize that, you know, th- that it's, there's so much more to a person than their role in your, you know, in, in the bedroom or whatever. Um, you know, you have to think about a, a person far beyond that. And I think that a lot of people who, you know, don't, again, maybe they're inexperienced or whatever. They, they don't think that way. And it also kind of belies a, a lack of respect, mm-hmm. you know, for, for that person as a person, you know, all of, all of these people who are engaging in this stuff, no matter what, what the role is that, you know, on both sides, ha- there's more to them than just their role. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's important for you to, to recognize that if you're just thinking about them as this, you know, this singular, Mm. you know, part of their, their being, then, you know, that's fine. If you're in a scene, you know, you're just going to play with them in a scene, or if you're going to, 
you know, pay them for the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're talking about a relationship, there's, you know, being BDSM, I, I say that it's important that my partner is into BDSM, but, you know, maybe I, as an adjunct to that, I should say it's also important that I'm attracted to that person, that we have similar interests, that we have similar similar goals in life, yeah. that, you know, all of the other things that are part of a vanilla relationship are also very much important mm-hmm. in a relationship. It's just people. And that, yeah. 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 They're people first and then this role is important, mm. but only a part. It's just a part of who that person is. Yeah. I guess like uh, it's interesting that you mentioned also um, your impassioned statement of BDSM is crucial, basically. But um, mm. I think, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast also, right? It's this funny issue where it's like we have to shout from the rooftops about it because we're so marginalized, because it's so, you know, taboo in a way and so sidelined. Um, but that that makes this this like this push behind this desperation behind being heard, even for us, uh, because because we're kind of shoved in a corner, and I guess somebody who who hasn't experienced it romantically, you know, they're really shoved in the corner, and so all of a sudden there's this opportunity in front of you, and it's just like, oh my god, I'm going to just let let myself out of my corner now. So I can understand mm-hmm. it in in that way, and if the world was a more fair place and people were more liberal in their understanding of sexuality, etc., it wouldn't be like that. But at the same time, you know, people are pretty liberal about, for example, musicians existing, but yet they are still sometimes, you know, uh, fetishized. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. But so maybe it's just this component of people in general. They're always going to be selfish and put people on pedestals pedestals, and they need a leader or something otherworldly to believe in. And I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe maybe this is always going to happen. <laughs> right. Is that fatalistic? Right. <laughs> Not that, I mean, yeah, you're going to, I think you're right that you're going to have a certain segment yeah. that's going to think about you in that way no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And that's too bad, but, mm. you know. Yeah, but with things like this podcast, hopefully you can start to, you know, break the illusion and and like uh, of what it is a little bit and bring it a little bit closer to reality, hopefully. Yeah, it's my, you know, it's my deep desire. I'm Obviously, I hope that the kink community listens to this, but it's mm-hmm. my deep desire that people outside of the kink community listen to this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want people who are, you know, just interested in whatever, human interaction or maybe learning yeah. something new might you know, listen to this and maybe get a different perspective than everywhere else that you look at on this subject. Yeah. Uh, I guess to speak to that, I don't know if we'll include this part in the podcast or not, but maybe we can do like a, like a bonus episode or something where we're talking about why we're doing this. Oh Um, yeah. For the, for a vanilla ear, you know, so it's not so complicated. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. Yeah, that's, I think it's a great idea. Okay. okay. For sure. Yeah, I only had one more um, big highlight, and it was a huge series of tweets from mm. Astray Pop underscore. Yes. 
I mean, should, this should is, I read that? Yes. I mean, this is a, this is a dissertation. It was, it was good. It was really it good. good. I, I don't know if I have to say anything after this one. Um, but yeah, Astray Pup underscore says, I think yes, BDSM and love can mix. Similar to sex, BDSM can lead to a level of intimacy on a somatic level. This can be abused in the same way that people can use sex as an escape for things that they don't wish to face. But this doesn't mean that love cannot exist in this context. As a counter to all the folks saying that it can't exist with the proton, I don't think that is true. There is a level of love that exists when one person does care work for another. And being a prodom does imply a level of care being made for the sub. When we limit love to narrow ideas of romantic love, we are also limiting the ways in which we are allowing ourselves to access intimacy. I don't think payment means lack of love. We live in a capitalistic society that isolates us as people, and money is a reality for getting by in this world. There are tons of jobs where people are paid to love. Therapists, teachers, and coaches for X. I don't know what X means, but yes. Example. I'm um, saying for example. Oh, for example. Okay. But no one would be as quick to dismiss love in those contexts. While professional boundaries exist with good reason, I don't think it makes sense to dismiss love in that context simply because of money being exchanged. I also don't think it's useful to make a comparison to traditional romantic relationships because it isn't one. Fantasizing about a specific type of relationship and projecting that onto the relationships you are entering stops connection from happening. Because instead of being able to see the relationship for what it is, the person spends too much time thinking about what it should be and by whose standards. All this to say that yes, BDSM and love can exist together. And when we are open to exploring the different types of possibilities in those relationships, then we make room for intimacies different than perhaps anything we've ever seen modeled for us growing up. And I think that's really powerful because it means that we get to be out here defining our own futures and what our family and community looks like and means to us. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow. That's, that's a deep short. I'm going to follow Astray Pop. Astray Pop gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm following Astray Pop. I'd like to point out that that was a series <laughs> of tweets. Those were, yeah. that's a bunch of, I mean, you have, uh, what is it, 141 characters? Or maybe it's double that now. Maybe 280 characters on, on Twitter to explain something. And I mean, that is, that's a page and a half of information there. And it's very cogent and mm. uh, it's very profound. And, uh, in my opinion. It's, what's that? In my opinion, it touches everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and all the tweets that we've talked about before, actually, Ashley Pop managed to like address them. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm just reading their profile now. Ashley Pop underscore Chinese American queer femme. They them speaking my truth. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley Pop. That was great. Yeah, awesome. That's that's very impressive to put yeah. that sort of thing out there uh, through tweets. Mm, yeah very good and yeah i agree i don't think that it necessarily has to it needs any comment i think it speaks for itself it's good stuff yeah yeah thank you so much for for picking it out i know you do our our initial planning and that was awesome it was so nice to read that one yeah, yeah i mean i when i saw this earlier i didn't realize it like it had i don't know eight or ten you know, mm. reply tweets on it. And so I started going through it and it's like, wait a yeah. minute, this is not people replying to it. This is a, you know, Person. this is a whole dissertation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, good yeah. stuff. Definitely. So does love and BDSM mix? 
What do you think, Dirk? That was a yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's in my mind, there's no question about it. I I can't actually. I I mean, I can I can imagine BDSM without love, but for me, uh, love is a vital component in in mm. relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I come from also a background in social work and there was always this conversation like Astrid Pop mentions about the caring industry um, mm. and how just even that exchange of care is has has an element of love. You know, that's the precursor, if not the basis of love, at least in my view. And um, I, I see even in like what you would term, at least as a talk, at least from my perspective, you are always, you have to care for the situation, even if it's just a physical random thing that happens. Mm -hmm. As somebody who is hurting somebody, yeah. <laughs> who is, you know, being like humiliating somebody or in, in charge, you have to be caring for them. Yes. And that just automatically is the precursor for an atmosphere of love, True. in my opinion. True. And so I, I, I see it as inherent to the exchange. I don't see it as if I, it's impossible for me to view it in another way. Maybe it's not romantic love and a big love story, but yeah. it's, there is that, that, that inner, you know, that just that basic care for another human that has to happen Yes, if you're going to top and maybe in your opinion, also bottom. Right. So. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, I think, I think if you don't have that level of care and you are hurting people yeah. or humiliating them, then you're a fucking sociopath. <laughs> Psychopath. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess there are probably people, you know, in the community who. Sure. You <laughs> Take advantage of that. Absolutely. Oh, and you have to absolutely watch out for that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, but like, how, how do you, how, like, how do you spot them? Unless you're, I have some psychology training, but I don't have that much. Right. You know, how do you spot those people? I mean, actually that's a super great question. Uh, question that, for a safer podcast. That maybe we should be doing, day. but uh, you know, how, <laughs> how do you, you know, vet potential partners? Yeah. Can you answer that? How do you do it? I'll answer mine after. Um, I mean, gosh, just off the top of my head, I would say that, you know, if you're in a, a local community or something, you ask around a little bit, you see yeah. if they maybe have some references or something. Um, you look at the way that they phrase things. I mean, you, you know, you, you don't, just jump on the St. Andrew's cross. You talk to people and you see what their answers are on things. And yeah. through that, you're going to figure out whether they're full of shit or whether they really know what they're talking about. And, oh. you know, the people who don't give you the right answers, you need to run far, far, far away. If mm -mm. you happen to get into a relationship with someone you need to be exceptionally aware of red flags. You know, there is control and then there is, you know, cutting you off from your friends and your family and um, isolating you and mm. doing things that are 
harmful to you um, physically or mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, you, yeah, you, need, you need to be aware of all of these things. And maybe if you're deeply in love with someone, you're, you're really into mm-hmm. them or something, uh, you know, go talk to someone else who's, who doesn't have a, have a dog in the hunt, as they say, and see what they mm-hmm. have to say about the, And you can't, you probably can't talk to someone who's vanilla because they don't understand you know, the dynamics that are going on. Um, yeah, definitely. Don't even try. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've tried doing that before. It just doesn't work. Yeah, they don't, they just don't get it, you know, so you can't go to, because they're going to say everything is terrible. But, you know, if you talk to someone who's, who you trust and who is in the BDSM community and you say, this person is telling me to do this, this, and this, you know, does this sound like it's okay or does it sound like it's someone who's abusing me? You know, that there's yeah. a yeah. there's a huge difference. Yeah, and always get a second opinion also. Yeah. <laughs> and third if you can. And third, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't do as much reconnaissance as you do, but also I think because a lot of the subs who come to me are not in the community. So I don't have anybody to ask. Right. right. <laughs> But I do try to find out real names and, you know, Google them and see what they've been up to and read maybe anything they've written. Um, I have a huge applications process, so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of very uh, pointed questions that I need a certain, you know, amount of answers from or a certain kind of quality. So that helps me a lot. I ask, uh, why do you want to serve me? You know, it's like me, Mr. Ziva, not not just anybody so that I know they're not just, you know, out to get their kicks. Uh, They're they're invested in me because that's my interest. My, My relationships are personal. They're not just professional. And... Yeah, and, and so I think that helps the initial screening. But then I meet them. I don't play with them, you know. Yes. I don't play with anybody the first go. Oh, there's power dynamics at play, but there's no play. Sure. Um, and I try to make that my rule, uh, my personal rule. That's a great idea. Because then I can see, like, how they react to me and whether we even get along. And I can actually, maybe because I've done it for so long, I can tell pretty much the first time if I think they're going to be sane (laughs) with with me or not. But then it's a series of tests and actually it's an ongoing process. You know, even the, the pet that lives with me now, I always, you know, I, I'm always observing to make sure that they are being true to their word, that they are invested in me, that, you know, I'm still safe in this relationship and that they're not taking advantage or taking me for granted. I'm I'm always on my guard, so to speak, um, which I guess talks to your idea of be aware of red flags. Yes. But I guess I talk from I, I talk from a top perspective. Sure. Um, yeah. And so. So, yeah. So I think it's an ongoing process, but I do take it slow on the play and I try to filter people by asking very pointed questions before we even meet to know that my energy isn't wasted. So that's kind of how I go about it. I I don't have a community. Oh, actually, if they're based in New York or something, Mm -hmm. then I'll ask all my New York friends because I have a lot of New York friends. There you go. (laughs) But in Asia, it's not such a huge community. So you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it's a bit different. Something that you mentioned, I mean, I, I kind of have a, I, I don't have an application process, but, uh, you know, I, mm. I do have them fill out that no matter what they're on. Uh, I have them fill out a BDSM playlist and yeah. I might play with them the first time, but it, it's not going to be much. And most of the first time that I meet with someone yes. is going to be uh, going through that list, you know, face to face and mm. talking about things oh. and discussing, you know, the, the bigger picture. What do you, you know, mm-hmm. how much control do you want in this yeah. relationship and what's important to you, you know, and, and what is, yeah. what is real punishment to you, you know, yeah. not, not what is yeah. what they call punishment, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. it's something you, you can't conflate, um, you know, play with punishment. Punishment's not supposed to be fun for anyone. So, you really have yeah. to have a discussion about that sort of thing. And, you know, in the course of that, you figure out, you know, are are we compatible? Is this, you know, is this person crazy? Um, you know, what is yeah. their philosophy of all of this sort of stuff? And it can be a teaching. Op- I mean, you know, when I first started, I was learning. And now mm. it's probably more along the lines of being a teaching opportunity where you can kind of get their brain mm. right on some of the concepts of BDSM or, or untrain yeah. them from stupid mm. shit that previous people have put in their heads, um, which is, yeah. you know, sad and frustrating, but, um, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Well, everybody. Differently also, oh, sure. You know, it could have worked in that. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they're dealing with female submissives. I, hear a lot about dominant men who they have seen previously that are just using it as an opportunity to kind of be an asshole. I, I think, and that's not, Mm. that's not BDSM. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Some people might say that about me. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very sharp tongue. But again, I think it's a cultural sure. thing. And, and I think that some people would really appreciate yeah. that too. Oh, yes, of course. People with, a, like I said, very good self-worth uh, can take it on right. very easily and find it funny. You know, I, I'm laughing when right. I say these right. things. <laughs> but people who care, who really don't think very highly of themselves, I think that's sure. the problem. Yeah, yeah, they take it to the heart. So I just have to choose. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it's such a cliche, but I also, I guess, choose uh, people who are very, very uh, financially mm-hmm. successful and uh, also um, uh, occupationally sure. successful because they, they, they're busy, which is nice. Also, you know, they have something else to focus on rather than me because I don't actually like that much attention. But um, also, they've achieved a lot. And so they feel, you know, stable in some right. way also so that helps me and obviously not everybody needs that but that's kind of a format that i've also gravitated towards you know somebody who owns their own company or is in a high enough position to understand that okay so i have done something with my life and if somebody degrades me it's it's actually you know just adjunct to it it's maybe something about my personality but actually i've done i've done enough also yeah so there 
Yeah. There was someone that, that, and I'm not going to say this right. I I wish that I I knew this a little bit better, but their their basic philosophy was that there are like maybe three different aspects that, you know, like a tripod that build people up. And if you're going to, if you're going to tear them down in one way, whether it's physically or it's mentally or spiritually, Ah. you should only remove one of those things at a time, you know, so that they still have Mm. other things that are propping them up. You wouldn't want to remove all of that or, you know, then you can, you know, you can cause harm to someone. So maybe, you know, if you have someone in a, degrading position or they're in bondage or something, then maybe you tell them that they look beautiful. So you're propping them up in, in another way, for example. That's very cute. I know I do that, but I never thought of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good way to think about it, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that's nice. Thank you. I'll try Thank to look that up and that. see if I can't find the source on that. I hate... I hate quoting that, not knowing who it came from, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look at that and maybe we can talk about it more later. Yeah. I know I do that automatically. You know, you, you try to, you try to, uh, I use the word temper things. So you set a foundation and then you do this or you, you say yes. that and then you bring them back. I, I think, I think that's quite a natural part of how I communicate, but, um, but yeah, I do like to, if, if I can push really hard, I'm at my most happiest. But I guess it's finding those right. people that can be quite difficult right. for me. <laughs> so any degradation enthusiasts out there with at least some personality flaws <laughs> for me to criticize, please get in touch. <laughs> uh, if you're flawless, then it becomes very comfortable and I turn you into a pet, which is okay. But um, I, do, I do need a little need bit of degradation. to work with. That's the sweet <laughs> spot for you. Something. <laughs> Yeah, the pet that I live with is—it's close to perfect. It's it's very sweet, and it makes for an easy life. But um, <laughs> but it's definitely not as fun. <laughs> That's funny. You know, this can be its own bonus yeah, episode: how to screen people. I, I think that you ought to ask people. that on one of your yeah. uh, your Twitter questions, and we should get get some other um, okay. some other opinions on that. And I also think the kind yeah. of the, the building up people while you're tearing yeah. them down, I think that's another interesting, uh, concept that maybe we ought to throw out to the, to the public. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How do you like, what would the question be? It would be like, how do you manage humiliate or how do you approach humiliation or, or how do you break down somebody's Right, so that you don't into what you want, so that you don't destroy them. Because that's what I do. (laughs) You know, that's the the point: is that you know, while you're doing something that's either physically or mentally challenging to someone, you know, how Mm, do you give them something else that you know keeps them propped up? Mm. You know, or do you? (laughs) Or do you? Yeah, or do you just like to to tear someone apart? Mm. Yeah, (laughs) and in some cases, look, some people want that they want the whole deal you know they want to be 100 percent they want that i mean you you were talking about going out to the oak the other world Mm. kingdom and that's very much built around like 100 percent absolute like while you're there Mm -hmm. slavery Mm -hmm. you know like being this object that is at the whim of these these women i can't wait 
<laughs> that can be, I mean, that can be really powerful, I imagine, to, oh. to be in an environment like that. Yeah. Oh, on both sides. On both oh, sides. Yeah. If you're if obviously it's a consensual environment. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. Yeah. I really look forward to it. I yeah, I oh yes. So to talk to that, I, I'm advertising to see if there are any professional performers or amateur performers mm. who would like to come with me and shoot with me at OWK. Like it's an opportunity and I, I know there are already slaves that are gonna be there, but um so I, 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 it's not necessary, but I thought it would be quite fun to see if the, if people were up for it and who who came back to me about it. I mean, come on, that that <laughs> listen, folks, this is a great opportunity for you. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get to be the personal plaything of Mistress Eva at the Oak. Um, <laughs> wow, I mean, uh, <laughs> is that how people say that? I, I didn't know. I always would just call it OWK. Oh, okay, yeah, I've always called it the Oak. Oak. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's I'm, another problem. Know. Like, uh, if you live on on, because at least for me, right, I, I do a lot of my BDSM life online, so you don't mm-hmm. actually know how to pronounce things. <laughs> you just <laughs> and, read it. And let me say this: I, um, I don't, I don't say that I'm an expert on the subject. I mean, you're going to be talking to them. Uh, you know, mm. ask them what they prefer, yeah. and come back yeah. and. Tell me I'll whether I'm know. right or wrong. <laughs> Correct <laughs> me if that's wrong. But that's just what I've always called it. Okay. Okay. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, so what are you doing this? And if they are interested in that, how do they get in touch with you? So I'll be doing, um, I'll be shooting with OWK at the end, oh no, the middle of May, 2020. Um, in the Czech Republic, and I am happy to uh, talk about travel costs if need be. However, I would like that people already have some experience being filmed. Uh, And I have a little list of things that I I do enjoy the most, and probably at the top of that would be heavy bondage. And you would have to be okay with like uh, some intimate contact i won't be having sex with anybody but just for me to be that close to you um yeah and which isn't a bad bad thing for the right person (laughs) and if anybody wants to get in touch to find out more information you can either have a look at my dumb links ad for it or you can also email uh, admin at youwillpleaseme.com and um you can find more information that way as well. Yeah. So that's a brief. That's a brief rundown. That's if you read good. the ad, it's much more entertaining. Right. Well, the, yeah, enough. the ads on Dom Links. That's D O M M L I N X dot com. Just just so anyone knows, but you can see that information, or you know, if it, if for some reason that doesn't all work, there's. I mean, we're going to have a million different ways to get in touch with you here soon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, shall we wrap it up then? Yeah, I, I want to say I have one final tweet that I want to say just as a just, oh, yeah. just to wrap things up. Vanessa mm. Yesme at Vanessa mm. Yesme says, okay. "Love is the answer to everything." <laughs> like what a romantic you are! <laughs> <laughs> Softy. Yeah, that's it's definitely much more romantic than my love is inherent to everything. <laughs> uh, it, 
Is there anything you'd like to add or summarize from the episode? Um, does love and BDSM mix? So for me, I guess the short answer is that yes. And my less romantic uh, reply to Vanessa Yesme is love is inherent to every human exchange. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I think, I think it is. I think there's an element of it always mm. so yeah that's that was my only that's my only thing but bdsm definitely gives you uh, an environment that encourages deeper levels of engaging with care and love yeah, yeah. i think you said it that's absolutely mm-hmm. it all right well if listeners would like to participate in future questions and be part of future episodes then follow at you will please me on Twitter and keep an eye out for Sunday questions. They're hashtagged safe word podcast. Um, you can reach the show at info at safe or see more at safe More on mistress Eva is at you will please me.com. Her Twitter address is at you will please me. And you can see her on Instagram at you will please underscore me. Uh, more on me. Dark Hooper is at www.darkhooper.com. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at Dark Hooper or really just about any place else at that nickname. Also, I'm answering your BDSM relationship questions right now for Ask Dirk, and you can email your questions to me, Dirk at darkhooper.com. Thanks for listening to the Safe Word Podcast. For Mistress Eva, this is Dark Hooper saying, dream hard.